Makino told me everything about how you stood up for us. How you were willing to fight and put yourself on the line. I leave her spirit and her dreams in your hands. He continued to shout it after his mother passed away, in the hopes that one day his father's pirate ship would be at the shore, ready to spirit him away to the sea and give him a family that he never had. It doesn't matter what sort of person walks through our doors. If they're hungry, then they will be fed. Never give up. You must find the strength inside you to always move on. Someday you've got to go to sea. If you do, you'll realize just how small your problems really are in comparison to the vastness of the oceans. So hey guys, we we did it. We got through Alabasta. That's that's pretty good, right? I mean, uh, I guess. I mean, wasn't that great? I mean, but we're like 130 episodes in. We've been doing this for like kind of rounding a year now. Like, I mean, yeah, we started. But, like, but I miss it. But 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 you're like pumped that we're gonna be able to move forward and go to a new arc and all that. Like, it's gonna be really sweet. Yeah, but like the crab and the the, the, the dugongs, the you know lashes. All right. Well, you know what? If if you wanted to stay back there in Alabasta, then you should have just gotten the fuck off the podcast now. All right. You know what? Maybe I will. Wait. What if I do? Wait a minute. No, no. no I, I wasn't serious. Wait, wait. No. I, I'm. You know what? I'm. You know what? I'm out right now. I'm going back for the dugong plushies. <laughs> what do you mean you're going back for the dugong plushies? We, we we've got way better plushies on board. No, Christian. Nope. Come back. No, you. please. Goodbye. Christian. <laughs> what have I? What have I done? <laughs> well, we are now a three-person cast. Everybody. I, I hope you're happy. Me. <laughs> Woo, front mic. All right, Devin. Well, since you're the front mic, why don't you go ahead and lead us off into the summary? I don't want Hey, guys, what I miss? Oh, hey, you're back. Glad to hear it. <laughs> How was your trip? Sorry, I needed a hydration break. I've, I realized I didn't have any water. All right, good. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. This is, uh, we will only be covering episode 130 today. In addition, we also have something happening uh, at the tail end of the cast, probably about halfway through. So once we get done summarizing 130, we'll move on to that and we'll get more to it later. So moving on into the summary. After a long and difficult side quest, the Straw Hats find themselves back on the Going Merry and setting sail towards great adventure. When barely escaping the remaining Marines, a voice unheard before congratulates them on successfully getting away. That's right, everyone. The seventh member is Nico Robin. So who, out of curiosity, had that one on the bingo card? Because I know that Christian did, so I'm really only asking Devin. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I never saw it really coming. Good. Like, that one was a surprise to me. Can you imagine watching episode 115 and <laughs> that being in the opening? Yeah, right? I, I, I'm still, like, flabbergasted. So I watched the, 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 the what was it, the, the intro, you know, you know what I mean, this time for this week, because I was like, yeah, I finally get to watch it. And, like, I watched it, and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> She's just <it's> there. <laughs> I was just like, that, that's a... Hmm. It's a real choice somebody made. <laughs> Literally 15 episodes in advance. There was a 15-week period in Japan where some guy was like, yeah, no, this will be fine. That's, like, that's like, good. That intro would have been great after this episode. Correct. Like if they put that 
yeah. right after this episode, or like even at the end site sequence. So they say, like, oh, look, it, we're going on new adventures, Rick and Morty, six seasons in a movie, you know, like, like that shit. It's it's such a weird situation because I, I still love reading on the subreddit once in a while because a lot of a lot of people who like grew up with the series or even like, you know, tuned into the series like 10 Watch years ago air. now. Uh, well, watching it air, but even like only tuned in 10 years ago, because this, this series is like 25 years old, running like rounding 30 soon. Uh, they're like, yeah, dude, I have kids now. And we started watching the anime and I completely forgot this was a thing. And they would they like go back to the subreddit to verify, like, is, has this been a thing forever? And everyone's like, yep, it's really fucking whack, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, I wanted to uh, make sure beforehand because I knew it was coming. I was like, you know, it's it's not that it spoils anything that's significant. Because at the end of the day, I think what's most important here is we don't necessarily know the staying power of Robin in the crew, especially after this first introduction episode. What exactly is her deal other than just being, yeah, you know, I I was uh, I was pretty much done with everything and you forced me to stay here. So now I'm your problem. I lo- uh, Usopp I love too because like during this whole fight, like Usopp's like on a megaphone in the background saying like, please leave. All right, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want to move too forward onto Robin, because Robin is the later half of the episode. Maybe we should start a little bit earlier. So we've got, let's start with, uh, we know the Hina fruit, for one thing. Uh, do we have any thoughts on the Hina fruit after we got the big, bad uh, Bon Clay shit between uh, her and Bon Clay? At first, I was confused when I saw her fruit, like, like her arm bend in that weird way. Because, like, it, I was like, what? Did she have the gum gum thing, too? And she's just going to, like, hold him there? That's fucking dope. But then I saw her, like, <laughs> arm fucking break off, and it's, like, metal. I was like, oh. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> Devin's like, wait a minute. That's, like, not that bad of a power. That's kind of like, cool. That's actually a really cool power. Like, it's almost, it, it reminds me almost like a, like, again, I, I know I referenced Naruto, but, like, it's it's like the, the like the fact when, uh what's his name, uh, Obito was able to go through people because of the Sharingan and then like he had the chains behind him to capture sure. them. Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. reminded me heavily of that. And I was like, oh, this is fucking dope. Hina's power is actually kind of one of my sleeper picks for like pretty overpowered devil fruit, because unless you are like a user like crocodile or smoker, you're pretty much if you let your guard down, you're just incapacitated like you're done. Yeah, If you have to touch her, you're screwed. Pretty much, it's kind of it's kind of whack when you think about it. Like she gets very underestimated. Then, I then feel imagine like. if she got a power up where she could infuse the fucking the stone into herself. Then then everybody's screwed. Her power's already good for a marine. Who says she can't, Christian? Tim Allen. We just I just remember that we're at the point where Christian doesn't know what happens after this, so we can say whatever the hell we damn well please. <laughs> so before we move on from that though, I do want to make fun of one little thing about that that I thought was hilarious. The guy that she arrested, he looked like a pineapple. Yeah. He did look like a pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a pineapple. He, his sea. hair, his shirt, everything. I was like, oh my god, SpongeBob is here. Where's Patrick Patrick? <laughs> Right, no, for sure. That that whole fucking thing was just a fucking joke. But you know, uh, whatever. We got to see a little bit of uh, Hina doing doing Hina things. So I'm about it. That's whatever. What I loved about that scene is the fact that it's all over the phone. Well, it's it's like like her and Crocodile talking over the phone. And at one point, my other favorite part about that scene is the part where she calls him Smoker Coon. Mm-hmm. And I'm just mm-hmm. there going like, oh, they definitely smashed. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been saying, brother. 
she can read his emotions through the uh, the Dendemushi. It's strange that she noticed it because he sounded very monotone. And he was role-playing it too. He was sitting there shirtless. But with Tashigi and Smoker, we got uh, Smoker showing Tashigi the, the new bounties on the Straw Hat Pirates. And she's like, mm, yes. Yes, those are numbers. <laughs> those are numbers. Those are large numbers. <laughs> and then uh, if we haven't gotten to this point, um, there was also the name drop for Mr. One. I feel like we have heard his name before, but I could be wrong. I don't think we have. I okay. didn't catch it, and when I saw it in our notes, I was like, who the fuck is that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> das Bonds, yes. So yeah, that, that was when Smoker mentions that uh, the reason why Zoro got his bounty is specifically due to the cutting down of all of the bounty hunters in Whiskey Peak and besting the previous bounty hunter that we know as Mr. One, also known as Das Bones, is his real name. Uh, he's a notorious bounty hunter from the West Blue, and after putting that into the equation, plus cutting down all the bounty hunters from Whiskey Peak, they figure, eh, 60 mil seems like a pretty decent number, I guess. <laughs> it makes and you wonder what kind of uh, what kind of individual Daz Bones was to, to warrant that kind of notoriety. Right. I almost want to know what his bounty was out of the West Blue, because if Zorro started at 60... He was a bounty hunter. Oh, you're right. That's fair enough. Wasn't he an assassin, not a bounty hunter? Of sorts. So, so going back to what we talked about last episode, I mentioned, I, I remember I asked Devin, like, why he thought that Vivi wouldn't make a good pick. And I, I tried to better reciprocate his thoughts into a idea where Vivi doesn't really fit in terms of a designated role for the crew. Uh, a good defense, though, a good defense would be you, you say that she would have no traits, but a good trait that she does have is marketing in, in the modern sense. She would be able to coerce people into helping them or uh, creating alliances with other groups that they would come across. So that's a good skill to have. Yeah, but politicians way more boring than archaeologists. Yeah. (laughs) So the part about Robin now is we've got a brand new character. She is an archaeologist. Um, she has a particular role that she could potentially fill inside of the crew. And more importantly, she can play everybody, <laughs> which is <laughs> the best part about this entire fucking episode. The fact that she was able to play Zoro surprised me based on Zoro's backstory, but I kind of get it. I guess it was just a bit in my Did opinion. Did she fully play Zoro though? I don't think she does. That's the thing. It's like it's like one of like hasn't half plays. fully played Zoro yet. All she did was go, "Oh, that's cool," and then like stand prettily at the front of the ship, <laughs> right? <laughs> for Zoro, anyway. But that's why, like, for me, like, I'm kind of confused. Like, why would Zoro react that way to her? It's a disarming moment. Uh, he's uh, on edge at all times, and out of nowhere, as as her name of the the fruit implies, flower, flower. It's such a disarming aspect that she holds and he's like oh what do i do with this there's nothing but i can't i can't be mad here kindness so so i I really do want to peel back the the slow d decompression decomposition of the straw hats in terms of robin well it's i mean it's not that slow it happens in the span of half an episode let's be real but i just want to say you know, she first comes out of the woodwork and going like, hey, I'm glad we evaded them. And all of them immediately are like, who the fuck is this bitch? With the exception of Sanji, who is like, ah, dude, you know, we're, I'm, I'm about this. But then following Sanji goes, you know, we got Nami, who's completely on like the fence. Luffy d- doesn't even know what the fuck is happening. But once Robin explains herself like, hey, uh, you forced me to live. I have nothing else to do with my life. So I'm just going to like vibe with you guys for a bit. Luffy's like, hmm. 
You make very solid points. I guess I brought you here. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> uh, you're in. She's, she's a good person. But then we got Nami, Usopp, Chopper, and uh, Zoro. Who are uh, all you can't the- really lump Chopper in here. Chopper's <laughs> well, just I'm vibing. Getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> Chopper originally is like, who the fuck is this bitch? But then we get, we get Luffy and Chopper who are just like dicking around with Robin <laughs> on her stupid I love this so the, much. The scene where, where he looks at Usopp and he has her hands sticking oh, out like antlers. And he goes, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> that, that is one of my favorite things that has happened in a long time. Maybe even the maybe the whole series, but definitely this arc. This is the one of the best things that has happened, dude. Like tell me stupid, about it. Luffy's stupid face with the two ant like perfectly shaped hands as antlers. It goes choppa. <laughs> Usopp's holding back, man- back maniacal laughter. It's so good, dude. That's honestly one of my favorite bits, if not my favorite bit in the series thus far, where you just see Usopp and Zoro. So. Cutting a little bit forward, she plays Nami by saying, oh, I have some uh, crocodile's jewelry. And then Nami's like, oh, well, if you have money, then we're we're cool. We're chill. And then uh, Usopp and Zoro are like vibing for about all of 10 seconds where <laughs> Usopp even calls out uh, the rest of them. He's like, you can't blame them. Their simple minds simply cannot. <laughs> cannot cannot like escape her charms or whatever. And then and then you just hear Luffy in the back. Say, say the line, Bart. Say the line. Oh, you Usopp. Huh? Choppa. <laughs> He just fucking starts dying, dude. <laughs> I just start so dying too. I mean, I actually this idiot. is like one of the, the few times I've actually verbally broke out laughing. That's like while watching it because, like, obviously, like most of the time when I'm watching anime, it's like heavily snorts out of nose whenever something funny happens. This was like an actual like laughter moment where I was like, I didn't expect that. I wasn't expecting them to do that. <laughs> so shit. good, dude. It's so good. One of my favorite things of the entire fucking series i actually genuinely rewatch this episode from time to time just because i want to see this stupid fucking gag play out time and time again <laughs> but uh that's that's most of our uh, our robin stuff does anyone else have anything else to add to robin specifically before we move I on just- to the big elephant in the room mm-hmm. <laughs> Where we'll get there we're almost there all right you got anything else to add? i like the fact that they introduce robin because it lets it gives one it you know helps for the story where we're like we're, we're like right now currently it's like where the fuck are we going like <laughs> we don't like it gives kind of like the the momentum for like where they're kind of leading to be like the direction of where the show is going for sure um and, and i mean honestly like you know her character like it it, it kind of fits with the crew because it's fucking weird Let's be real. <laughs> they're all really fucking weird <laughs> and she's just solidly vibing and like i I, I, that was like the one time where like I like a flashback where it's like especially like with this kind of reveal, you know, uh, like because like like I say you know I hate flashbacks to like relatively like recent events you know what I mean versus like like way but in the this, past yeah, events except this is what we haven't seen exactly like this is like oh this is like something we haven't seen like this is like I, I just I vibed with it a lot and I am I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what she's going to do from the future I'm curious if she's going to be a little bit too overpowered. No, we've seen that she's because she can easily be defeated. But at the same time, I'm also talking about One Piece, where literally every other week a new gigantic threat to the universe is the next problem in a different form. I don't know about universe. Like the biggest danger we've seen here is to a country. Yeah, we we just spend like 40 episodes with one dude about to take over a country. It's not like right, but that's what I mean. It's like the scale, the ceiling can only go higher. That's my thing. Well, but here's but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I like where Devin's head is at. But I am going to be very excited for you to discover 
exactly how they utilize that ceiling. Because I would argue, beyond anything else, that One Piece is the best power scaling shonen of all time. It never goes too fucking crazy. It does get crazy, but it doesn't do it like Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, Bleach, in my personal opinion. That is that is my personal opinion. Brendan, uh, you, can, I, you and I can have a discussion about that later, but I, I strongly disagree with that. Oh boy, Strongly. here we go. Oh. We're, we're going to have a hot take on our on our future task or fight, cast fight, whatever. Kiss, kiss. All right. Is it time for the big elephant in the room? The dude, the dude's alive. Okay. I I don't want I stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I, I want to give some knowledge. I have knowledge. So, Sure. All right. I'm going to be a little real with y'all. This one's a little heavy. So, once upon a time, the chapter where Oda decides to blow up Pell, make Pell the sacrifice for the bomb. The exact chapter is chapter 208 in the serialization of One Piece. The release date of said chapter was November 19th, 2001. Does anyone want to do some quick uh, maths? Okay. That's an interesting tidbit. So, this is what I'm telling you. What I can tell you is fact is that roughly five to six chapters ahead of time, any particular chapter is either completely finished or rough drafted before it can get into serialization. What is interesting about this particular chapter is that it centered around a character whose devil fruit was literally a freedom bird who sacrificed himself for the better of an entire country and just so happened to release five weeks after a very major event in a wait, wait, wait. you said September nineteenth, November nineteenth. Oh, November. Sorry, November nineteenth, two thousand and one. Oh, oh, that's oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so this is what I'm telling you. I am not going to tell you because this has been a direct question to Oda himself, and he has resigned to make a comment on the specifics. This is my personal position. Uh, I'll tell you. What I read, I read that he's in, he's stated that he'll decide when a character dies, and that's that. There's really nothing around it. He has said that as well. I still kind of have a little itch in the back of my neck that says that Pell was originally going to be the first real character to die in this series, but I don't know anything. I'm just saying the timing is kind of sus. You're you're right, but here's here's my thing, like retrospectively, because again, we didn't watch it when it aired, and we didn't read it when it you know Correct. came out. Absolutely. So, so from a not not even I'm not even going to address that part because to me it doesn't really matter to the story. Okay, fair enough. It was very upsetting for him to come back because it made it seem. Right, it, comple- it, complete th- it completely threw Very away much. the loss that we had in his character. I agree completely. Like, I was so upset about it that I was, like, sitting there thinking, contemplating today. I was like, I want to revoke that fucking uh, golden ham. <laughs> because I was like, this is so fucking stupid, in my opinion. The, the reason why I'm so upset about it is because it, it takes, one, it doesn't make sense. Two... Because again, we saw that the how big of a blast that is. And it, it was literally wa- like watching a nuke going off. There's no physical way someone should be able to survive that, right? And like, like, like and the explanation for how he survives, I, I don't know what it is. Like, there it is still none. doesn't make any goddamn the, sense. You're not supposed to make any sense of that. Just like you're not supposed to make the end of the trash movie that is the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> right? You heard it. 
I said I, it. You heard it. You heard it here. <laughs> and, and Jordy, Jordy gave right. you that that little candy on a stick on a previous episode too. <laughs> I'm not denying it. I'm not denying that that ending sucked. I thought it was weird too. Don't get me wrong. But like, it, like for me, like the one thing I hate about shows, like any show genre or genre, is where someone makes a sacrifice and it literally meant nothing because it's counteracted by loophole lot just lazy lazy writing is how right. i like to call it and it, it takes away the impact of the actions made it makes it almost like it, it, it makes the series childish and it's frustrating because it's like i per, like as an adult i prefer more mature stories you know i like for example like i love dark fantasy like i fucking love it because your actions have consequences your you know you you put a cannon in your fucking arm, you fucking blast that shit, your arm's gone forever. You don't get that back. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he's surprised mm-hmm. when he has a grave back at the palace, and like it's like, bro, you hugged a bomb. I I understand why this, the hate is there, and I really agree with it, that that man should have died, and it, it would have really added to the, to the moment a lot more. It would have left impact. His whole big plan was to fire this thing into the middle of town and kill right. literally millions, and then it it fails to kill one dude. Yeah, it's honestly one of the most disappointing things, even today, knowing that, you know, there was such an opportunity to have, like, real sacrifice, real loss with Pell's character, and I know we talked about it before, they gave him so much heart in such a small amount of time, and I mean, even even knowing the fact that he doesn't actually perish to, due to, you know, his actions or whatever, I still love seeing the memory of it. I mean, I rewatched it, this is probably like the fourth or fifth time I've gotten to this point in the series on a rewatch, and I'm I'm still about it, it's just... Once you pull the rug out from under them like this, then suddenly you're just going to start creating that haze where it's like, well, then yeah. is, is anything at stake? I'd call it a questionable decision, if right. anything. I, I would agree. Because in, in the end, he still has to decide this. Like, he, it's his story. I'm not going to tell the man how to write it. You're right. No, you're right. No, I, I agree. It sucks. But like, there's a lot more story here, guys. Let's not just focus on this one little thing. Okay. So. Moving on to the other part of the cast. So this no, one, no, 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 no. You just you're not gonna skip this part. All right. Oh boy. The camel. All right. We got to talk about this camel. Oh my god, we're talking about we, the fucking camel. Lashes the camel, <laughs> joins the supersonic duck squad. We get, we get a ten second fucking bit where eyelashes is gonna be a part of the supersonic duck squadron. Yeah, they say he wants to. He actually passes the test. I'm letting you know right now. He passes the test. He is officially. <laughs> A what supersonic duck squad member in the future <laughs> pictures where they show these goons he is in the pictures yes sir yes sir he is one he, of the ducks he is a member of the supersonic duck squadron baby let's go I i'm just telling you now because because this is such a little fact that they won't even reference too much later on <laughs> i guess <laughs> sure why not why the fuck not and no he's not in a costume or anything he's just there I he's just there he's, just, he's, he's his normal lashy self do you feel better, Jordy? Are you glad that you got that off your chest? Where's the crab? I'm just Can saying, we have the crab dude. in on this too? Who? The crab. What the fuck was the crab's name? Uh, scissors. Put him in too. Why not? No, he was... Uh, did anyone recognize that when we were going through the uh, the filler background for a hot sec of all the when filler characters? When he tries to 2v1 the giant lizards? But wait runs? a minute. Do you remember what we heard about those particular lizards? About that how... They always hunt in packs? <laughs> or pairs? Yes, I thought it was funny. And uh, Bon Clay was acquitted, by the way. He didn't kill the dugongs. <laughs> he yeah. was acquitted. The glove does not fit. You must acquit. <laughs> My new theory is that Bon Clay is now the sensei because they try. <laughs> clearly, they, they they wouldn't have gone all that time and not practice Luffy's kung fu. 
And mm. he definitely, Bon Clay definitely had to still get through them somehow. So I would have appreciated it if the uh, the anime showed them doing kicks instead of punches. That would have been funny. <laughs> but they don't have feet. <laughs> they have like a little tail thing. They can, tail. They can make work. <laughs> they can make it work. That no. It <laughs> it's actually just a one seat. If they had twirled like ballet, you know that. That yeah, let them do ballet. That's even or, better. Or a little, yeah, yeah, like the twirly, like if they were just fucking spinning or whatever, that'd be sick. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> Continuity errors. What are those? All right, but uh, am I good now? Can I can I do this? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. All right, so moving on. Uh, so we're now at the second half of this cast. Uh, we have a special episode following episode 130. So we've been doing this cast for a little bit. Uh, and since this is the the end of our first major arc... We're going to be delving into some questions and activities as a sort of recap of the series so far, uh, starting with haikus, baby, going straight into the grab bag. So uh, th- these haikus are going to be a uh, like a haiku that kind of a culmination of our thoughts and emotions for the series as a whole thus far. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and lead us off. Uh, yeah, I've got I've got rubber boy eats meat rubber boy tricks some dumb kids rubber boy sales free that's what i got wow glorious thank you i, I know i appreciate that thank you know uh, snaps please snaps thank you thank you thank you all right so following uh myself which i know is going to be a really tough act uh is going to be christian take it away um so far it's been fun gags laughs and tears all around now on to new shit. <laughs> this one is more pertaining specifically to me. Wow, you just kind of started there, and I thought you were just like giving me the preamble to the to the haiku. No, <laughs> he doesn't even realize he was listening to a haiku. <laughs> That's how good it was. <laughs> That's how fucking good it was. This one speaks for itself. I need better listening skills. Uh, I, I guess I go next. Cherry blossoms fall. Bella mares are very sweet. Treasure can't feed me. My man respect mm. there you go there you go right there i like it i like it snap 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 all right <laughs> so here comes mine our straw hats prevail a mighty pillar crumbles what is coming next Ooh, ooh, ooh yeah i appreciate it appreciate it good good get on my level bitch Ooh, who are you talking to? Why? <laughs> Which and, one of us? And just like that, I I nominate myself as the best haiku of the week. Uh, stop sure. the counts. Golden haiku. All right, all right. Uh, moving forward, let's discuss some memorable moments. Uh, I've asked each of you to pick a moment, and uh, it's show and tell time, kids. Starting with you, Devin. The most memorable moment for me, I, hmm, it, it, I'm really torn because like. I love the scene where Zoro, you know, finally learns how to cut through steel, and like that that moment where like they do like the little like where he like smack, you know, you know, slashes at the the branch. He doesn't you know do any damage to it, and you know cuts a rock in half. You know, like that whole sequence. But I, I feel like I still like got more chills still from the scene where Crocodile's holding Vivi over the ledge, and he you know he he, he does his, you know that massive speech. You know the stopping the rebellion. Saving the kingdom. All those worthless ideas you've clung to for so long. In the end, they just created more victims for me. Let me tell you something. You're never going to save this country. 
Goodbye, princess. Like that that scene just hit so good. And I don't know, it like it was just like the voice actor carrying like this I felt like he just carried so much of this arc that it just it really just blew me away in comparison to like anything else that's happened. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It, again, that's just you know, that's me being a crocodile circle jerking fanboy. No, nah, dude, it, it it gives you a sense of uh, you know, defeatism and you know, you, you, you right. are suddenly... the stakes are there. The stakes yeah. are yeah, it's the it's it's showing despair. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and it, it, it was just the execution was amazing. Followed immediately it, by all of two frames of Vivi falling after he let her go. <laughs> <laughs> the PNG that somebody slid down the screen. <laughs> Don't look at the man behind the drawer. <laughs> I'm going to announce something real quick. I made a little compilation of my opinions of this uh this whole arc and I will be posting it to Twitter or no not to Twitter to the Instagram page at panda sightings. <laughs> quick little plug in there. Quick little plug. <laughs> <laughs> little bit of plug. <laughs> Got to do a little bit. No, I respect it. Um, mine's actually probably going to be way out of left field for all y'all motherfuckers. So my favorite moment in the series thus far is actually a quote, and it is the gold Roger quote at the beginning of the second opener. Uh, I'll go ahead and just read mm. both for the audience because they're both fucking fantastic. We have destiny, fate, dreams. These unstoppable ideals are held deep within the heart of man. As long as there are people who seek freedom in this life, these things shall not vanish from the earth. Followed by the sub-translation, which is just, you know, the Crunchyroll translation, which essentially amounts to the same thing, just saying, inherited will, destiny of the age, the dreams of the people. These are things that will not be stopped. As long as people continue to pursue the meaning of freedom, these things will never cease to be. What I find very important in these lines is Oda has said, on numerous occasions that the secret to the one piece has already been given to the audience it's been literally spoon-fed somewhere within the first like mm-hmm. hundred chapters of his series i i know somewhere in these words he has literally told us what the one piece is how we piece it all together is up for you know the the, the future audience the tinfoil to, hats right it's up for, <laughs> it's up to the tinfoil hats and honestly that's that's the spirit of this whole fucking thing i i first picked this whole stupid show up uh preceding the arc we're on right now where i i picked it up essentially just because i thought it was kind of a funny uh interesting random ass shonen but after i finished the arc pr- that precedes us and caught up to the series on the dub i was like well i got nothing better to fucking do i might as well just rewatch the whole series and then suddenly it it really just kind of started to like i don't know manifest this idea where i just became so invested in the universe the characters the the messages the the relation to current events and you know prior it, it, like all these set pieces and stuff and everything just kind of started to like fall together in a way that i never thought I would ever have any connection to with a Japanese cartoon, to say the least. I really, really like anime. I won't say I don't, but nothing has made me vibe harder and reflect more on not even just like my personal life, but just like the life of these stupid fucking characters more than this show. But not by a mile, not by a mile. And I always think back to this first fucking sentence in the second opener and think back to Oda saying, I've already told you what the One Piece is. You dumb fuck still haven't guessed it. 
And I'm like, mm, I'm going to fucking figure it out. To, uh, to, to parry that a bit, I've actually been sprinkling little things about the next arc throughout this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's over that. there. It's in there somewhere if you really want to listen Damn. to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Christian and Devin have been none the wiser. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Is it all those times you go, that's for the listener? Because I've noticed those times. Well, to be fair, anytime he says that's for the listeners, he's really talking about way, way, way later shit, to be completely fair. Like, way later shit. I am not a very smart man. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see if that pays off. (laughs) I feel like once you realize it, it, you'll you'll be like, ah, maybe I've heard this before. (laughs) I think I heard you say that at some point. Allegedly. Good, Good stuff, Brendan. Appreciate you. Thank you for giving me this platform. <laughs> so I'll take the floor next. Um, mine's probably going to be a little bit more in line with a lot of other people's, not in this cast, but as a whole. Um, I'm going to take us back to a little island called Drum, where we met a certain quack doctor who raised a certain uh, reindeer human hybrid, uh, at which point he gets called up to the castle because the Ishi 20 are sick and they require assistance from the only known doctor left in the entire island, minus Doctorine. Uh, our boy Hiraluk ascends the mountain to save bravely the Ishi 20, all for it just to be a trick. Um, the, the quote he gives, I'm going to read here in a second, is just uh, the, the culmination of the moment as a whole. Because Chopper's learning at the same time that he just fed Hiraluk poison soup. And, uh, you know, slowly in the background, you start hearing the rising of Ave Maria. And uh, Hiraluk collapses upon hearing that it was a trick and that the Ishii 20 are fine. And then Wapol gets ready to uh, just blast him at the top of this mountain to finally execute the last person defying him. And he goes, you guys can't kill me. When do you think a true a person truly dies? When a bullet pierces his heart? No. When he's attacked by an incurable disease? No. When he eats poison mushroom soup? No. A man dies when people forget him. And then uh, he sits there uh, and wonders. He stares up at the sky as Dalton cries over him. Uh, and he blows himself up. And just before saying that, he says, Very shortly, a monster will be coming. He's my son. Please, don't hurt him. Don't worry, Chopper. Your mushroom won't kill me. I've had a marvelous life! Goodbye, Quack. Thank you, Chopper! <laughs> he blew himself up! What an idiot! <laughs> oh crap! That thing! It's a monster! The the whole the whole scene from the music, from what Hiraluk spouts to what Dalton's reaction is, uh, the whole scene gets me. It's one of the only things 
that I remembered like scene for scene for watching the second time around. Right. Uh, it, it, uh, it definitely sticks. Uh, and I love it just as much the second time as I did the first time. No, that, that particular scene is so, it's so emotionally magnetizing. That's up there. Yeah, I agree. That was my second option, but it's okay. Here, like, will come back later. Because <laughs> explosives don't do anything. Hey, hey! Whoa, no, whoa, whoa, remember we've gone over this. That it happened. If it happens in a flashbacks, flashback, flashbacks are for keeps. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the only questions are the ones in the part in the in the modern time. <laughs> no, but that scene is probably my favorite of the uh, of the feelsy scenes. I have a few favorite scenes in the series thus far, but out of sheer just raw, made me like sad cry mm-hmm. ugly yeah. cry that comes out of fucking left field out of nowhere and i love the shit out of it for it yeah i i enjoy that one a li- just a little bit more than the sakura blossoms which is up there too obviously but i enjoy that one in particular all right so the scene i picked goes way back to the arlong arc and it's when the crew finds out about nami's past and they're all like oh shit that's not cool. We got to go fight Arlong. Usopp's trying to go there immediately. But Sanji, you know what Sanji does? He sits down. He takes out a cigarette. And he just starts smiling. Usopp, Usopp goes, what are you doing? We gotta- hey, Sanji, what are you doing? I'm appreciating happiness. Wait, what are you talking about? Nami has had to live with way more suffering than any normal person. Right now, I'm making a lot of good vibes so I can send them her way. Isn't everything great? <sighs> and uh, being a person who's also suffered himself, that that uh, that line carries a lot of weight. It's a it's a real a one scene right there. Mm. No, I respect it. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I know I what like you're talking one. about. The uh, the point the point where he like kind of realizes and he's just like, you know what? I I don't know how I don't know the best way to help her, but I've got an idea. I'm just gonna be right here. Fucking doing the the one piece equivalent of sending thoughts and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, some, oh my god! Sometimes you know that is enough. Sometimes that is all anyone fucking needs. So that's fine. I'm glad we all. So we all have different ones. We all had something different to take away. Yeah, I, I knew no one would take mine. <laughs> what if I had come out of left field and it'd been like, bam, sniped? That would have been crazy. I, would have, I definitely would have guessed that somebody's saying like that moment where uh, Luffy puts the straw hat on Nami's head after he had already explained to her no one touches the hat. I definitely thought that was that, going to be That's the whole reason why I didn't do the hero look one because I, I knew that was going to be one. I figured it was either going to be you or, or, or I, thought, I figured it was going to be Brendan or Christian that did that one. And there's, there's a lot of obvious scenes, but I feel like it's more fun to pick out something that's like less noticeable. Something like uh, a lot more subtle. subtle ones. Yeah. Moments that don't really stand out. Yes. But the, the Heralic scene, someone had to say it, all right? Thank you, Christian. Somebody, if no one brought the Heralic scene, that just would have been like on the side. No, as, yeah, no, what are you, animals? They're <laughs> <laughs> all garbage. <laughs> this podcast garbage. You cast garbage. Get them all out of here. On the honorary mentions, that Nami scene with the hat, uh, the all the goodbye scenes that Usopp and Sanji had. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out here. This episode specifically is actually my favorite in the series thus far. Fun fact. Which one? This episode. 130? Yes, this is actually my favorite episode in the whole series thus far. Oh, damn. I'm not even kidding. That's it beats, it beats every Feels episode we got, and it is explicitly 
the because of the stupid gags we've got with all these stupid idiots when Robin first joins the crew. I love mm-hmm. it. I have a very short list of drunk me episodes. You know what I'm saying? Like where I rewatch certain episodes or whatever. This is the first one I watch, and then it just slowly goes into the the sadder ones. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Oops. I appreciate this one. I think uh, we're gonna have a bigger conversation about that later on. But uh-huh. for now, we're we're, uh, we're gonna continue with this podcast. Uh, you know, put your tissues away. Stop crying. Stop, Stop being sad. Stop it. <laughs> I don't want. Rounding out this introspective conversation is a question I have for you guys. How would you improve on this series? Um, I don't, I don't really know what more I want out of this besides like some kind of generalized things. Um, on a more specific note, uh, I wish fight choreography, or I, I assume and hope that fight choreography gets a lot better outside of like Luffy's, um, mm-hmm. because I, I specifically, uh, really enjoy sanji's uh generally anything that involves the use of kicks more than punches i like more um so i like sanji's fighting style a lot better i think you have to get a lot more creative with the kicks because he has to move his body around there's momentum to him yeah there's there's more weight being thrown around more momentum more i don't want to say skill but it takes a little bit more center of balance so i enjoy that fighting style better I hope across the board, really, that everyone gets a little bit better. Uh, Zoro for Devin, especially because I would appreciate more. <laughs> uh, I would I would appreciate l- a little bit less Zoroing in the show. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is we need more crab kill shots. Is what I'm hearing. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Man, uh, the only uh, this kind of goes in line a little bit more with what we just spent a lot of time talking about but uh if the series could get a little bit more serious i fall in line with devin on a lot of these things where i enjoy that little extra splash of like some more mature theme to things and they kind of get to a bit of that with crocodile crocodile really hammers that in to the show finally um, but I'm I, I'm thirsty. I need more of this, and, mm-hmm. uh, and it ne- and it needs to kind of get better. Um, I feel that than than what we received with it. It was generally pretty good. Crocodile does a does a really good job. There's a couple things that we're not going to get back into that this arc doesn't do well. Yeah. So for me, it's Christian kind of took like part of mine out of my you know he he took mine, which is. I, I wish the series was a little bit like again more serious, and that there was more continuity to, to actions, to where, like what we previously talked about, like where it's like where things matter when you sc- either screw up, you, 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 you do something nobly. It doesn't matter. Like I, it feels like like the, the, that's my biggest gripe with One Piece, and I kind of knew that this is how the show was going to be when I first started. Because it, whenever we're looking from like you know, on the other side of the window looking in at One Piece, I always saw it as like. I couldn't take it seriously. Like I was, I look at it as a joke because I, because you know me, I my my preferred genre is a lot darker and grimmer and a little bit more. You know, people die, they're dead. Um, mm-hmm. like so, it's like so for me, it's like like I I would I understand that like it's that's not what the show is intended for. But for me, it's like 
I, I can understand not making it dark, as dark as I like. Like again, I mentioned before, I like dark fantasy. I love it. I think it's a great genre because it tackles like the things that really make you cringe or mm. wince more so. This show's not meant to do that. And so I recognize that. So it's like I can't really expect, you know, say like, oh, I want them to change that. But what I can say is I want this like the importance of certain events to actually matter, such as Pell, such as uh, for example, here, look, that's a good one where they did do it right. And they've been slowly like from the beginning of the show, they didn't necessarily start that off that way because it was like, you know, it was as I expected. It was like kind of like happy go lucky memes galore, no seriousness. And then they slowly started sprinkling in seriousness throughout the show. Like we had the, the Mihawk, we had the, the hero look, we had the, you know, the whole arc of just crocodile existing in anything he literally says ever. Right. And it's like, for me, like I kind of wish that it keeps that pace of like what they did with the, the crocodile stuff, because like the, the, the severity of, the, the the issues because like before it was all like oh no this one little town is you know is in danger this time it's like oh the world is in danger and i, I like that because it's like the the i i hope they go more so in that direction which i assume they are but i just want more consistency and more just your actions mean something and it's not pointless that's what i would change yeah i i totally understand that i feel that i have the same notion uh about my hero where a lot of those actions didn't really matter until the later on, where uh, uh, spoilers, where the the guy with the glasses dies. I forgot his name. Oh, uh, oh, the that was All uh, Might's guy. Yeah, All Might's yeah. sidekick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was up to that point where I was like, "There's no real like impact. There's nothing serious about it." And then when he dies, I was like, "Oh, all right, now we're talking." That whole arc does a really good job of that. <laughs> it's but. it's good. No, I agree. Yeah, because like before, it's like a, it's like a oh superhero of the day kind of thing, and then it devolves into oh shit, people actually dying. <laughs> Blue Million got shafted. Let it be known. He should have been. He should have yeah. been the one that got the power. Sun Eater should be dead too. Yeah, that would have <laughs> been cool. Anyway, no, I'm going back to this Deku garbage character. Shout it to the heavens. <laughs> Deku oh, a garbage oh, character. Oh, so you can say that. You can say that. But I point out a fucking character. <laughs> no, 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 wait, Deku, chill out. Chill out. I got this. You are objectively wrong. We like Deku out here. I get it. You are an idiot. I get it. Friendship has ended with Pablo. Get the Friendship fuck out of here. The door Deku. is over there. Remember that time that Christian walked out of this cast? Get the fuck out of here. This has been your My Hero cast update. This has been your hero update cast. If that makes it in the final cut. Sure. Fuck it, right? So, uh, this may be a little on the nose for me, but uh, I think it should be shorter. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you don't say! Oh, like the whole show? Or yeah, the whole show. Episode? All right, hear me out, hear me out. Brendan? Uh-huh, here we go. Brendan. Here we go. You yes. and I both know that this series could lose a few hundred episodes. All right? Get the fuck out of here. I, all of it's perfect. All of it's nope. the best. What? Really? It was the best series of all time. Is that why we're skipping filler? Hey, Christian, isn't it great watching the election, you know, the the, the, the debates going on between two <laughs> polar opposites? <Stop> that. <laughs> I will not have politics in this cast. No, no, I'm just saying, like, we on the left hand right here, we have it's trash because it could lose 100 episodes. On the right side of the court, we have everything's beautiful, don't change anything. Brendan, Brendan, <laughs> right, I need you to do something for you before you continue. All right, say in the mic. That everything about this series is perfect. Just say it. I can't do that. Say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I, I can't do that. He doesn't want that sound. <laughs> that that, that back. is not possible. <laughs> 
So they could lose a few hundred episodes and we still wouldn't lose any of the overarching story. Get the fuck out of here. You're nonsense. I understand that things had to be done because there was no other way around it, right? They caught up to the manga a couple of times. The tragic events happened. So they lost some staff, you know, long running series. You can't keep everybody at once. But, but you know, when they announce One Piece Brotherhood, I'm going to be the first in line throwing money at it. <laughs> oh, my God. One Piece Z. Counterpoint, we are at a point in the series where we are getting an average of 1.25 chapters an episode or something like that. The pacing for this part of the series is actually quite fucking good, just so we're clear. Notice how he said this part of the series, guys. Uh, right. Time out. Mm-hmm. Time I'm out. I'm listening. Uh, so what I'm saying is, this pacing is quite fucking good. There is <laughs> not, there is not a single arc that is misplaced. The closest one that I would say that is useless would probably be Little Garden. But honestly, I like Little Garden. It stays. No, Get we, the fuck we, out we all here. like Little Garden. No, we stand, we stand Little Garden for sure. There's, there is no arc that doesn't serve a purpose that we've seen now listen, thus far. I'm not saying arc. I don't think we're talking about this so far. I think he, he's, he's also talking about the other 800 episodes we haven't watched yet. Oh, I thought we were doing an introspective on the, on the, the, the series thus far. No, well, he did say it was going to be on the nose for him. Uh, okay, fair enough. Well, shit, that's going to change my, my, uh, my position when I get my turn. You mean right now? All right. So, my problem with the series is all right we're done that's it that's all i have to say it's fine i'm on it's the perfect. edge of my seat <laughs> thank you for joining me for my ted talk <laughs> shit he took my joke no, no no but seriously so i, I will say if we're going to include later stuff i won't be too specific but this is my favorite point in the series what we have right now where everything is about adventure it's about moving on to the next place the unfortunate truth is that at some point the series needs to turn and actually start moving into the part where it, you know, finalizes, you know, tells you what the One Piece is and resolves all of the open conflicts that are going to show up in the overarching story. And where I'm at in the manga and where I and, and, and where we are in the series as a whole later down the line in the anime is unfortunately that sort that sort of fi- finality is kind of starting to set in like really hard, and you can really see like the end you can see the finish line which is good but it's also it also takes a lot of the the wonder out of what the author can do with this medium and what i love about this point in the series is that i'll never get to experience again which is really unfortunate because i love going from arc to arc and being like what the fuck crazy shit are we gonna get next and unfortunately later on we kind of lose that so my problem with the series is that unfortunately it does not hold on to that fully or forever which is a damn shame, but it's still a great fucking time, and I love the shit out of it. Just just take your brain and put it reset to factory mode. I, I wish it was that easy, Devin. I wish it was that easy. There's a, a lot of different media I wish I could do that with. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last major part on the agenda is, uh, you know, a little fun activity, ranking our favorite characters. Uh, you Each of you have a, a ranking list, correct? Correct. E- that would be correct. So Shonen Jump occasionally organizes popularity polls and they publish them so people can cry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, at, at the end of this, I'm going to tell you the Shonen Jump one for the, the second popularity poll because the first one, we already skipped the point of the story where they did that one and they had less characters. So it's not going to be as exciting. Um, 
so once we're done here, I'm going to give you the top 20 that the general public picked. Ooh. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since I probably have the least controversial list, I'm going to start. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Number five, Chef Seth. Number four, Bellamare. Number three, Iriluk. Number two, Nami. I have no, no hot takes, by the way. And uh, number one, just because I like the man, the kicking boy Sanji. Ooh, mm. my boy. All right. I'm a big fan of the Suntai, along with the, the jazzy tunes that accompany him. And every time he likes to smoke, I feel like that sense of calm that he gets, I sort of get. <laughs> Jordy's just a fucking smoker, and he's getting his sweet kicks off of watching Sanji. <laughs> This is how, this is how Jordy quit. He just lives through Sanji. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it's my loyalty to the to Martin Scorsese films because of the you know my boss type shit. Right. But the fact that he can spot a waifu from a mile away really just makes his character <laughs> a plus. You know, you you joke about that, but what's hilarious is I just got done watching The Departed recently and. Watching uh, DiCaprio's character go to the, uh, the the psychology lady, and then immediately just like within like twenty minutes of me- of like meeting her is like, so uh, are you single? You want to get a coffee? <laughs> yeah, that's a good scene. Um, all right, who wants to go next? Uh, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> my number five is going to be my quote unquote hot take. Um, <laughs> my number five is. Lasso the gun dog, baby. Oh my God. This dude is the best, up, is the best character. Oh, man. A gun what? that ate fruit. What? Are you kidding me? And it I likes mean- baseball. This is everything I want in life. Baseball and dogs. Maybe less so the guns. <laughs> dude, shut up. This Lasso the gun dog. Did you know that Lasso the gun dog is exactly five syllables? <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> My number four, for all of the same reasons Jordy stated, is Sanji. Ooh. Um. My number three is Ace. Um. Because he embodies everything basically that Luffy is not. Uh. <clears throat> uh he is responsible. He is well. He's old because he's older. He has his own crew. He's the only thing potentially in common with Luffy is he's super fucking badass. Uh, fire is just an innately badass power. Um, my second choice is Choppy Boy, uh, because cute and adorable, uh, and he has the best arc up to this point. Uh, and to no one's surprise, my number one is Smoker Coon. Smoker Coon, <laughs> my man. <laughs> he is the absolute goat of every scene he is in, and I love him. Also, he's a Sunder, which just compounds it. Uh, well, uh, my list is going to start off real strong here with my favorite of the Straw Hats, my boy Usopp, baby. Uh, Usopp is lower on the list because he's a recurring character. I feel like his position is a little biased, but he's my favorite because he is constantly there. He is always making, uh, an effort to have a enjoyable experience for the viewer. And I'm always about it. My number four is going to be a bit of a hot take. Uh, four is Arlong, actually. So, what I find most interesting about Arlong is that it's the first point in the series where it actually does give you that carrot on the stick, where things actually matter and there are stakes through Bellamy's story with Nami. And Nami's arc is my first favorite in the series, personally. 
and I like Arlong's introduction and kind of the themes that surround him that sort of like weigh in on real real world politics in terms of like you know how they how people perceive race and you know superiority complexes i don't know i vibe with it wholly so i i really like arlong as a character there's a lot of crumbs there that get built on later on yeah and that that's another thing i'm trying not to base that position too much because there are there is more to like go with like some of the arlong backstory not arlong specifically but just like more in like line with that you know uh plot element but i don't want to get i want to base it too much yeah, on yeah, that yeah. yet uh my number three is for the exact same reasons as arlong but more crocodile crocodile is a hell of a fucking villain he is a wonderful way to introduce our to introduce us to the grand line he had a really good uh storyboard i love the the theme surrounding you know he was a leader of the underworld followed by getting fucking a, like beaten into the surface and I, from start to finish, Crocodile was a fantastic villain. One of my favorites in Shonen memory. Uh, followed after Crocodile is everyone's favorite Swanee boy, Bon Clay, baby. <laughs> uh, and then followed after Bon Clay would be here a look at my number one spot. Because he does have the most impactful, memorable scene of the entire series for me. Even if his episodes are like my number two and three in terms of rewatch, uh, I still love Hero Look as a character. He's a very memorable person, and he does, up to this point in the series, have my favorite quote outside of Gold Roger. Okay. Uh, so I guess moving on to me, uh, I, I have a feeling that my list is not going to surprise really anybody. But uh, at number five, since we, I, I wrote it backwards, so I got to look at it differently. <laughs> uh, so for number five for me, I would have to put Mihawk. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like, especially like at the point of like the show, like it was... When they first introduced his character in that whole like spectrum, it really did take flip the series of my expectations entirely. Like it, because like the show, like I said before, is like it was almost like a you know, every other week was like a new little adventure. It didn't really nothing really mattered. Here's all the gags. To uh, things are actually getting serious. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really liked about his characters because he really set the tone for future like how plot like, progression, world exactly. building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He really laid out, like, like cut down a lot of foundation. <laughs> um, after that, fourth place, Smoker. I just, his aesthetic, his just character design, I don't really know much about him. It's just he, something about him, like, he just, it, I, I like it a lot. Like, I want to know more the more, I, you know, we see. It. Like, every week, I, it's like, ooh, Smoker, give me more, num, num, num. <laughs> Smokey boy, what's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> uh... Number three, Zoro. For the same kind of reasons as the Mihawk arc. It's just like, based and also based off of like stuff I like to change. His character design and personality is more in line with what I prefer for my protagonist, where it's like they're, they're a little bit, you know, grammar, a little bit more serious versus a, like, you know, what Luffy is, which is, you know, <laughs> do I really have to explain it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you don't. You don't. We understand. Uh, second chopper, cause man, does that boy heckin' cute? God damn! God, is it in the damn same spot as Christian boy, too? Is he cute? God damn! Guys are I the want worst. a plush of fucking chopper. Like every single time chopper says "eh," I, I just go like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> My heart palpitates. <laughs> exactly. It's just like ah, oh, god damn. <laughs> exactly. And then. 
to the number one, which should be no surprise to any of you guys. It's Crocodile. Like, it's just the epitome of what I like what? in a villain. You? Crocodile? I know, right? What? Me? Surprise? What? <laughs> I mean, I like Crocodile a lot because, it, again, it's what I like in shows. And being a DM, I kind of always have to think from the bad guy's perspective all the time. So I'm, I, I, that's just where I, you know, I mentally am whenever I watch my media. So it's like, I, I just vibe with him so much because it's like, for me, it's like everything. If I was to write my own story and use Crocodile, I could do it because of it. Everything makes sense to a degree. And like, he's consistent. And I I just love it. Why do you think I make all of my characters just clones of people from One Piece? Because they're all good for D&D characters. I'm just saying they're all fucking fire. Yeah, D&D is literally like the easiest platform to make anything on. That's the whole purpose of it. For me, it's just it's for me. It's not my taste. I I, I, again, I like the darker more. Again, I always like looking like whatever I find a show. Like I always like to find a show that has a really good villain. Like that's what really drew me to. I hate to say it. Naruto is I loved Pain, I love Madara and their voice actors. I love Gara, like the antagonist, like really just like, oh my god, I just want to watch the main character kick his fucking teeth in. Like shit like that is like You really gonna disrespect my boy Zabuza like this? Facts. <laughs> Zabuza was also great. I sorry, it's just out of sight, out of <laughs> no, mind. No, I know. Because he's been know, dead for so goddamn he's long. Dead for a thousand episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, wait, you, you you bring Madara on this, you don't even mention the part where Zabuza comes back, kid? Come on, dude. <laughs> right? Over here like, talking about endgame bosses and he does can't hey, bring hey, up his hey, OGs. Hey, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. Before we no no no, don't even. <laughs> when have you ever gone no, no, back no. to the very first boss in any game? I have, to prove how strong I am. But no, I, I, I just I really vibed with Crocodile. That's why he's my number one pick. Because like this whole like this arc alone, but like Chopper's arc, don't get me wrong, that really like, you know, like made me like the characters more so. This guy made me get more excited for the villains, where it's like, because like, and that's what I look for whenever I watch a show. It's like I want to see like who, what are my my characters are against? What are my my the people I like to you know watch interact and have to verse? And that's what I you know I get out of. Understood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some uh, some horrible rankings out there, but sure. Okay, thank you. Let me show you the true list. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yes, please. Oh, right, yeah, we got the real list. I forgot. Wait, wait, the real list probably has Walking Bear or Hiking Bear as number one. Oh, damn, that's a good one. No, I know, hang on, before you say it, I know that, like, the number one and two are, like, Luffy, Nami, respectively, or something like that. Nope, you'd be wrong. What? It's Nami, Luffy, idiot, get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Get fucked, indeed. A little side note, just because no one, I thought someone would probably pick Nami, too, that's why I didn't get too much deep into that. She is the stone of this whole series, I'm just telling you. People, people sleep on the Nami train. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that she doesn't have a role in the crew, but she's not the one I look forward to the most. No, no, no. No, I get that. But I'm just saying without her, they get nowhere. Oh, you're literally right. No, nowhere. you're absolutely they, right. Yeah, literally sense. They no. are broke. They don't have a boat. That works because they, they've already plunged it into a tsunami or some shit. And, you know, waifu. <laughs> waifu for life. Say less. <laughs> All right. So before we get to the list, let me tell you about uh, the next couple of weeks to the, to the listeners out there. We don't know what's going to come out next because we have a lot to do. Let me just give you a short list. We have the movie, a few filler episodes. We're going to have a spoiler talk with Brendan. So whichever one of those gets recorded first, that's usually the one that we're going to put out next. Mm -hmm. So I can't really tell you when we're going to start the next arc. That's probably going to be like uh, quite a couple weeks from now, maybe five, six weeks. Look forward to us not keeping up with the story for like another month or two. 
Maybe it'll be a Christmas special where we're going to be like, all right, we're back to the story. <laughs> we yeah, we'll finally return in Christmas. Actually, that's not a bad idea. To the next arc. No, that's way too far no, from now. That's that's two months from now. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you just said we're going to take two months. Fuck, I don't know. All right, so the rankings go starting from, from 20. It's uh, everybody's favorite goon, Buggy the Clown. Really? Yes. Wait, wait. Wait, we're starting for the 20? top 20. We're starting for 20. Oh, 20. Okay, yes, wait a yes, minute. This, I was this like, is the top wait, 20. Okay. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I believe that. I believe that. All right, 19 is kind of out there. Panda Man. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> fucking nice. Panda Man beat Buggy? <laughs> Panda Man beat a lot of people. There's not that many characters, all right? Panda Man has to be somewhere in there. Um, 18 is our, our Twitter goon, Johnny. Oh, yeah. Really? Johnny makes the top 20. <laughs> Johnny's the wait, top wait, wait. 20. All right, hold on. Let me ask you before we keep going. Are there villains on this list? Yes. Yes. There's okay. 20, dude. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I know, but that, that, I'm saying like top 20, including villains, and Johnny makes the list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My gosh. 17, uh, Ben Beckman. Uh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. He's the guy who beat the shit out of a, a dude in uh, Luffy's backstory with a musket, at the bunt end of a musket. Oh, the one that you forgot during the. No, no, that's Porky. I still can't fucking remember Porky's name. Porky was the guy who shot the dude in the side of the head, but Ben Backman was the one who uh, beat the shit out of a guy with the bunt of a musket. What an oddly normal name for someone in this universe. <laughs> right? Uh, 16, Koza. All right. 15, uh, the Dio himself. Only 15? Like, Crocodile is 15? Really that mm. low? Hmm. I'm curious. I'd have expected him to make top 10. Uh, fourteen Tashigi. Okay. Thirteen uh Mihawk. Yep. Yeah, makes okay. sense. Yeah. Twelve is Christian's guy. Uh, Hero. I'm sad, but no, it's Smoker. Oh, Smoker. Oh, okay. I'm sad, but I at least make the top twenty, and he's above Johnny. <laughs> we beat Johnny. That's a that's a victory in my book. That's a that's a benchmark for <laughs> or the guy that shot that other guy in Luffy's backstory, for that matter. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Eleven is the archaeologist. Ooh, Robin. Okay. I wonder, she's in 11 at this point in the series? Come on. 10 is the princess. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Nine is uh, Brendan's guy. Uh, is it? Is it the Bond? Yep. Hell yeah, my boy. <laughs> Eight is the fire dude. Ace. So, so far, mm-hmm. Christian's in the lead? With most with most characters in the top twenty, well, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, like the one the one who's picked the highest ranked character so far. Oh, oh, with my smoker, uh, uh, number seven, last with the gun dog. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I snuck a peek at the list, guys. Seven is the guy who lost his arm. Oh, Shanks. Uh, six is the fibber. Yeah, my boy. Who <laughs> saw? Five is the uh the, the the money fiend. Uh oh, Nami. Nami. Four is uh the the the, the heckin' cute dude. The chop, choppy boy, choppy. Hey, I'm in the top. It me. Same. Three is the prince. Mm. Two is the uh the guy who can cut steel. Yep. Okay. And, and uh, number one. I'm, I'm guessing you can cut, you can figure out number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So it's literally the literally the straw hats are in the top spots. Minus Lasso Robin, who squeezed at the bottom. Get the Lasso fuck out of here, Lasso the gun dog. <laughs> Place zero, Lasso the gun dog. <laughs> the dugongs. Hiking bear at negative three. <laughs> Poor hiking bear. Remember to bow. 
No, I knew that Luffy was going to be the top spot. Uh, I definitely thought that earlier in the series, Nami was above Zoro. I, I know that he overtakes it at one point, but I didn't think it was this early on. So that was kind of surprising. But other than that, uh, relatively about what I imagined. Fucking Arlong wasn't on the list at all, huh? Fucking Johnny beats Arlong. My God. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Django? I'll take it. I'll take those lumps. We didn't give a golden ham. There is actually one that I've been holding, and it's the last one that we sort of never got to. It's who do you think has had the best par- character progression? So the the winner of this one is going to get the the, the 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 platinum ham. Oh man, we have a platinum oh. ham. Best character development for a character. I have an answer. I'll start. Um, so I I actually wrote down. It's funny that. Jordy's been on the Sanji train tonight because I actually had Sanji as my character with the largest character development. Anytime I look to all of the characters we have up to this point, and I think of where they started versus where they're at, the two that come out the most are Nami and Sanji, but I always challenge the Nami pick because I feel like Nami hasn't really changed. She's just opened up. Whereas Sanji, when we're first exposed to Sanji, he's like this really punk ass you know really cocky chef on a ship and i remember when he challenges or when zoro challenges mihawk he expressly explains to zoro that he should be giving up on his ambition and his dreams and just be fucking trying to live because it's foolish to throw your life away on something as trivial as just a, a single goal and it's not until we finally get into alabasta and some of the later points in the the rest of the Grand Lines arc that we start to see Sanji's really evolve and become one with the mentality that Zoro already had back when he was on Baratie with Sanji and Luffy and all them. And he's become very dependable. And I very much vibe with that. And he is my pick for the for the one character we have in the series with the most character development. See, I'm 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 really torn. Cause like like because it really comes down to like who has more in my opinion it's like i can't really say anyone has any more than the others like i want to say chopper but i can't say chopper because he hasn't really developed since his you know since uh uh drum island like he hasn't really changed anything but i also want to say fucking zoro because like look at how much like growth he's had as a swordsman up to this point in comparison to where he began from but then I'm like, no, look at Nami. And I go, Nami had literally started with only being a meme of the steel steel fruit to now she actually has, you know, one, we went through her whole Arlong arc park, which, you know, was, you know, a pr- pretty you know progressive development to then all of a sudden developing a whole fighting style for her under an episode. But that wasn't necessarily as impactful to me as it might have been others. And then, like, I, I look back at the end and I was like, and I don't want to say Luffy because he's still personality really hasn't changed. Like, he's like overall he's still the same person the only difference is he's a little bit more stubborn mm-hmm. so i guess the only one i could really say personally is zoro because out of all of them i feel like you know based on just like consistently you know growing like sure he had like a dry spell of like not really doing much but like when he does make the jumps and they're consistent they you know it, it slaps yeah, I mean, i kind of also had a bit of a struggle with who I thought really had the most development for me. It kind of came down to two answers. Uh, uh, Luffy and chopper. Um, Luffy's a little bit more obvious in the idea that he's grown 
mostly physically in the sense that he has more battle prowess now, but uh, I like to think that Luffy has learned a lot more mentally, um, mostly from interactions like when they first roll up on Drum Island and all of the villagers want them gone and Luffy's ready to throw down just so that they can land there and Nami can get a doctor. Um, but he learns from Vivi, like, you know, as the captain, you're in charge here and you need to take responsibility sometimes and not everything can be fought with your fists. Um, so I, I mean, I, I guess, I guess Luffy's really the one that comes out on top for me over the two of them, but Chopper definitely has his moments also. Well, the way I see it is Zoro has a definitive goal. And Luffy's goal, while it is grand, and as Mihawk puts it, it's a much greater goal than the one Zoro has. Yeah, it's not really quantifiable. Yeah, it's way too abstract. Zoro already has improved vastly from what he did there. He was just a, a little noodly guy being tied up in... Not noodly guy. In that no, don't you disrespect my boy's art style. Eating sugary rice balls. Jelly donuts, you mean. And now he's a dude that can slice steel and huge-ass buildings. So, you know... Uh, as for Chopper, I feel like he's too new. He might be uh, still too fresh to the crew. He, this is his first major arc, even like a minor one. He hasn't. He went straight from Drum Island to to this one, yeah. so he wasn't part of the the Little Garden team or like even uh back when when they're doing other stuff. So I, I don't feel like he has gained much. But the the difference is is in the like we I mentioned before. It's the it's the little stuff that you don't recognize, like the like he's the one exp- like like changing in the sense of like his mentality, like like and that that counts. But we're talking about the grand scheme of things. Like it can't be something small, and has to be like noticeable differences. Like it can't be subtle. That's the the whole point. I guess yeah. When yeah, you make it, when, guess, you, when you yeah. talk about like the the people who have changed the actual most and more often, I would agree that yeah, Zoro would has like I said has changed a lot more. Since Mihawk, how many fights has he had where he's like, like learn new things? Yeah, and every time he's about to lose, he he gets the flashback because he goes, "No, I, I I have a goal here. Can't let this happen." I, I'm willing to give it to Zoro. That's fine. Yeah. So so are we all in agreement that Zoro gets it. I can give it to Zoro. Sure. I yeah, I can give it to Zoro. I feel it. Fair enough. All right. The winner of the platinum ham, the the one time Zoro. Maybe we'll do another platinum ham in episode two fifty ish. Maybe like. At the end, at the end of the next arc, I guess. Just gonna make this a uh, every arc thing. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> he hasn't even decided until this moment. <laughs> yeah. Shit, you put me on the spot. I don't want to do these <laughs> retrospective talks like every time. Like some of these are not that long as the others. If if we're if we're doing like a year in between, it's I feel like it's fine. Maybe yearly. Yeah, maybe yearly. Our annual platinum. Yeah, it's like our Golden Globes. It's our annual <laughs> platinum ham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have. The- <laughs> This is uh we got to name this the uh instead of the Oscars we can call it the Stevens the Johnnies the Johnnies the Johnnies, well, <laughs> the Johnnies. oh my God we can't always go back to the Johnnies uh what's that one the uh, what's the face um Octopus Man Yosuku? no Octopus Man the Hachis Hachi the Hachis the Hachi Award the Hachis I don't the I don't hate Award. the Hachis the Golden Hachi Awards platinum. the shiny Hachis the platinum Titanium. Hachis no it has to be an event. The Hachi the un- Olympics? The Unobtainium Hachis. I kind of do like the Johnnies, though. <laughs> Yo, we God, can't you, just, you can't, oh, my God. You can't go back Dude, the Johnnies, the Johnnies feels good. I ain't going to lie to you. I know it does, but then 
but then you were immediately like, we can't keep doing this joke. Right, but then I said it to myself too many times, and then I was like, <laughs> honestly, though, the Johnny's is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> we're calling our yearly um, retrospective talk the Johnny Awards. God damn it. We got right. to figure that out. So I'd like to end this podcast with, uh, with a recommendation from, from Moy. Uh, my recommendation is actually one of my personal favorites. Christian knows it. Cher Obaco. Cher who? Cher Obaco. And I'll give you my little review that I wrote. All right. Um, I have no idea how to make anime. And I'm willing to bet neither do you. I don't know how many grueling hours were spent making that one fight scene or the amount of thought that went into figuring out that one dramatic moment. This is what Shirobako brings to its audience, a story in which five young girls start out having this dreamlike idea of creating anime and are quickly slapped in the face by the reality of what it actually takes to get things done. Though the show may fantasize about the experience of working in the anime industry, it also presents the viewer with a dose of realistic expectations. This has been my TED Talk. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta stop using this TED Talk, bitch. Yo, dude, what the fuck? Why are you stealing my jokes? All right, so, you know, go watch Cherubako. It's good. It's a good one. I definitely remember when it was airing. I still haven't checked it out myself. It's a good show. You should check it out. Uh, Devin, say the line. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be posting more content there soon at Panda Sightings for both Instagram and Twitter. And he has a meme, apparently. I haven't seen it, but I hear it's good. I, I, I did make a meme video about my opinions of the show as a whole so far. Are you going to piss people off? Is this what I'm hearing? I already pissed off two people. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah. It's not for the reasons you might think, though. It was fine. It was It was. Good. It was a good video. Good night. Bye-bye. And if we don't come back, it's because Dylan quit.